Yes, guys, how We're are back. we? We're back. Episode 3, Jonah 101 Podcast. Got the ever so reliable Julian. <laughs> Only two hours late, but Ju- yeah, really yeah. reliable. It was well, pretty late, to be fair, but <laughs> you have got a bad... <laughs> Oh, fresh haircut, by the way. Not bad. God, we're only on the introduction. And Shout out to local barber in Corden Park, man. To my right, I've got Shane Murray, a.k.a. Shaz. <laughs> yeah. A.k.a. AKA Sharon. <laughs> he said he was going to walk out if I called him Sharon, but he can't because he's head of podcasting. <laughs> we can't have the head of podcast walking out. Possible. And we have got our first guest today, um, my wife. Carolina, um, Carolina knows more about Jonah One One probably than I do, because she's been with us from uh, day one and actually inspired me to start Jonah One One football training. So we're gonna pick Carolina's brain. She's gonna uh, give her input as well in terms of like you know the other the other side of the stuff that we deal with. Um, the business side. The business side, and Carolina works with mental health. Is that right? Yeah, I'm a therapist in mental I, health. Yes. I should know that. <laughs> <laughs> is that right? I know. I just got to double check these things. <laughs> no, welcome, Woolies. <laughs> we're with Baz on aisle seven. Nothing wrong with Baz. Baz, when you coming on the podcast, mate? Yeah. He's probably stacking he vitamin did. D in aisle 12. <laughs> he did like a 20 hour shift the other day, he was telling me. He loves it. Like we love you, Baz. We love you, Baz. Big <laughs> Guys, I actually, um, I know head podcast probably, I'm just going to go go for it here, but I actually just want to start today's podcast for everyone that actually doesn't know uh, what Jonah One on One is. Um, we might have some listeners that don't have a clue what we do mm. uh, and what we're about. And um, I just want to try and clear up a few things as well. Um, obviously we're called Jonah One on One. So back was it five years ago, Carolina? Maybe yeah, five, years five years now. Ago. We've been doing this for five years. Wow. Back then, uh, when when I actually first started this, or when we first started this, um, it was all it was a lot of just one on one training. That's all it was. Um, mm. And when we were trying to think of a name, it was like, what can we come up with that tells people straight away what we do? So we actually came up with the name Jonah One on One Football Training now. It is quite a long business name, but I think in the name, it tells people what we do straight away. Uh, obviously, in the five years, we've developed a lot more, um, and we don't just do one-on-one training. Um, so for, for new people that are, that are tuning into our podcast or are, or are new to what we do, um, I just want to go through literally all the things that we offer and, and the different types of stuff that we, we do at Jonah one-on-one. So sometimes a name can give it away that we just do one-on-one, but we don't. There's a lot more to it. So feel free to add in, guys. I've got the fact that we do two-on-ones and three-on-ones, so we do small group training. Uh, and we feel like we specialise in that now because we've been doing that a long time. And obviously we specialise in one-on-one training as well. Um, we also have goalkeeper training at Jonah one-on-one. So... Uh, we have a Jonah One One goalkeeping training page on Instagram, which our amazing coach Sean Catlin runs. Uh, a very good goalkeeping coach. So we actually have a different side to that. Uh, we have online training programs, so we try and cater for players outside of Australia. Um, we have a lot of fans around the world, so we try and cater with them with online training programs, which can be downloaded on our website. We do player analysis. Um, 
data so we we actually get players sending their footage and we analyze their games and we give them feedback uh, that's something else that we do uh, we do elite football camps which our latest one was a huge success uh, and we're, we're just about to get some feedback from the parents on that as well parents and players so we do elite soccer camps that's not just in Sydney we do that actually all around the world so last year I went to America and that was a huge success as well we also do team training Jules, you did a bit of team training last year for the um, the institute, and, and you work closely with the young Matildas. Yeah. I've got a lot of background in team training, Shane also, so we do offer team training as well. Uh, obviously, we do podcasts, we have a YouTube channel. On the YouTube channel, we have uh, tutorials, tips, uh, training videos, and yeah. Is there anything I've missed out there, guys? Um, probably the only thing is we also work alongside some really good brands that we believe in and like re want to represent and, you know, like skills and things like that that are the best in their industry and we like to represent and work for with the best brands because that's what we believe in. Yeah. So I just wanted to clear that up to say that it actually can be a little bit confusing as to the name is Jonah 101, but as you can see, I've just reeled off so much stuff there that we don't just do one-on-one -on -one training, we do a lot more than that. And just to finish up on that, we have some massive, massive news coming soon, which is gonna add to a, another bracket of what we're doing, which we're not gonna announce yet, because we're still in the works of, of developing that, but it's gonna be probably the biggest uh, news drop to date. Do you reckon, boys? Yeah. Yeah? I think so. But we're still working really hard on that. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to clear that up, guys, and... Uh, I, Let's get into it. I don't think I've ever asked you. Now that Carolina's here, obviously, Carolina and Yuli, yous were obviously came together and set set what it is. Now, what was it, what was your decision? What made your mind to actually to set this up? Set John and one and one football training. Can I answer that question? Yeah, go I feel like me. I came up with the idea. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> here we go. When we first got together, I remember that the football season would finish. And Lee used to coach loads of teams and do so much work and be super busy during the football season. And then football season would finish and a lot of the players or coaches would have to go find other jobs to, you know, just financially keep themselves stable. Mm. And Lee didn't. Lee used to always have all his, like, clients that he used to coach with teams asked to do extra sessions. And I'd see him go out and do extra sessions during the off-season and that's how he would keep himself going. Yeah. And I would note there was no one else really doing that. Or no one else really doing it well. And the demand for him was growing more and more. And that's when I said to him, you should really start a business and make this a thing. Because mm. you would love it. And he loved it. And he enjoyed developing these like clients. So I said, why players. not? Players. We'll call them players. Huh? Players, sorry. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a therapist. I use yeah. clients. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. We use players. players. Caroline uses clients. <laughs> sorry. That's and she the, says clients, she's referring to That's the to therapist players. in me, sorry. <laughs> um, funny story though, Shane. I didn't want to do it, did I? No. So so you Carolina know, pushed you to it. She pushed me to it. I I I I just was thought at the time I just thought oh, it won't work. Mm. You know, I just thought it was something that you would do in the off season because as we know in Australia, the off season is huge. Yeah. It's huge. It's like five, six month off season. Um and for coaches in Australia at that stage you're like, Well what the hell am I gonna do now? The team yeah. training's finished. But um I can't believe it's now out there on the podcast, but yeah, Carolina pushed me to do it, and eventually, we we just started it, and then it snowballed from there. Um, so that that's what everything you just reeled off that we like we 
now offer is because of like success really. Do you know what I mean? Because of how good that you started off by building up from from nothing to what it is now. And you've had to expand on into the two and one, three and one group channel because of the demand for for Absolutely. what we do. You know what I mean? The, the demand of the coaching and, and everything. So that's why you've had to go into that and offer up offer that extra stuff as yeah. part of what we do. Yeah, no, nah, I think that was actually one of the questions via Twitter this week was oh. how how do we start? Yeah. So I think you've already asked that, Shane. Someone via Twitter asked us how did it how did you come about and how did you start and and, and that's it and I also think that I just have a I absolutely love it though. Yeah. I I think I, I think you to to sustain it. the level that we have for five years, if you haven't got coaches like ourselves that just truly love coaching, I don't think it will last that long. Um But I think that's what it originally started from is your passion yeah. for football that even though you could have done so many other things during your off season, you just wanted to do mm. football and work in football because that was where you love and your passion is and from that, it grew on its own, just purely out of you loving what you did. There was no goals, or there was we didn't set up a yearly plan and say, no. in a year we want to be here, and this is all the stuff no. we want to achieve. It just literally organically happened naturally. Funny story at the time as well. I it was a big risk for me. I had ha- I had no money. Mm. I had no money. Team training does not does not pay massive amount of money, and it was either you know I I go and find a a job that I probably wouldn't enjoy. Or take a huge risk on trying to develop something that I love, and at the time, I, you know, it took a long, long time to get going, but I just, just stuck at it really. And now, I've got you two world class coaches with the boys and Baz and Sean, and now I feel like we're ready to take it to the next level. I think that what you just said is really important in the sense that it shows the value of loving what you do because. Obviously, the fact that you had no money and then starting that business, you could have gotten carried away by, okay, I've got to make money quick. Mm. And then from that, you start moving away from the core of the business, which is the players and the football. Yeah. So that does show how much you love training players and the passion that you obviously started with and that now we all have, that if you start without money, you're going to be willing to focus on the core of the business rather than getting carried away by making money quick, which I think is something that you didn't do. Yeah, it's never been about money. It Mm. never has been the drive. It's never been anything we've focused on. If anything, we're pretty stupid when it comes to that part of it. We don't really care. You just do what you love and follow your heart. The money side comes with you being good at what you do, I think. It speaks for itself. When I went to America, um, shout out to Danny. Uh, I did a joint camp with Danny in America. We were talking about money over there. Uh, We had a lot of car trips. And... uh, he was telling me some of the prices that you know, some of the the coaches out there may may charge, and I couldn't believe it. I honestly couldn't believe it. Um, and then when I told Danny, you know how much we charge, he was like, "Wow." Like it's it's it you know it's it's all down to the love of the game really. But I think that's going to bring us on to our next part. Um, we said you know this week via Twitter, and we've also done it through Instagram as well, um, which we have had some amazing questions, mm, to be fair. Um, we've had some amazing questions, which I did promise you guys that I would give you a shout-out, so I think Shane's getting some of them up now. We chose some of the best questions, and each person here is going to read out the question, and we'll do our best to answer it as best as we can. I'll start, and it's from Alessandro Macri. Top man, Alessandro, we've actually done sessions before. His question was, on a, on a recent post that we've just put up on Instagram, is how do you teach confidence? And 
um, how important is confidence in in football? Um, he is now. He said to me, I just I was direct messaging him. He said that he's in Italy, and he's you know coming with some big games, big training sessions, and it's obviously a different culture there. And he was just asking the question about confidence. Um, so anyone want to go for, go on that one first? Um, yeah, I'm happy to start. Um, I think you touched that relates a little bit to what we spoke about last week about being able to deal with pressure. Mm. Um. I'm not a massive believer in being able to teach confidence as such, but I think you can build confidence from your training in particular. Um, I think confidence has a little bit to do with personality, and Carolina will probably know more than me about that. But So not so much teach it, but I think you can build it. Um, build it, yeah. So you can build it through having good training sessions, having good habits on and off the field. If you, if you build up, let's say, a five-day uh, five week of training where you know you've done things right, you've eaten well, you've slept well, you've trained well, you've focused on the key areas of your game that you feel that you need to work on, um, both individually and then within your team environment. I think when it comes to, in particular to the game, mentally that can potentially prepare you to, to do things a lot better than if you don't do that because then you're going to come up to the game with, with doubts. Yeah. So you can build up that confidence through, through those good habits, in my opinion. That's really good. So it's the preparation, really. Yeah, I think preparation. You can get confidence, but the right preparation, doing the doing the right things, because I think a lot of the time we also get a lot of players that are like, oh, I'm training two to three times a day, five days a week, and we always say to them, but what what are you doing? Yeah. Are you getting any value out of these sessions? Is your third session just literally going through the motions, Mm. and you're not really understanding what they're trying to achieve? So, it's about getting that balance right of. How many? How much I'm training, and am I, am I doing the right thing? And not just training, yeah. off the field as well. Your lifestyle, how you are as a person, that also translates into both your training and game situations. I think. Yeah, I like that. I like how you use the word build. You know, you can't just give someone confidence straight away. You know, especially I think Carolina will touch a bit more on the pers- personality side, but the the word you can build your confidence. Yeah, yeah that's my opinion. I think yeah. you can build it rather than teach it as such. Yeah, Carolina. Yeah, I, I, from a personality or mental health perspective, I would say that with confidence, it's something that you start from a young age and it can be easily taken away. But I think it very closely aligns with self-esteem. And if you believe in yourself, if you feel good about yourself, if you speak to yourself positively, if an error doesn't bring you down and that could be game-related or if a coach doesn't bring you down and that ruins your day, that's going to massively affect your confidence. And I think it's more per person than anything else. But it also has to do with the environment. If you're around people that are bringing you down all the time and you're surrounding yourself with negative people that do that, then you're probably going to have a really low confidence about yourself. So making sure you're around positive people. And I think the most important thing with confidence is to have good confidence doesn't mean bringing other people down to build your own. Focus on being the best you and that's all you need to do. Mm. I was just I was going to add to that. That was brilliant. I was just going to say... Who you surround yourself with is vital. So let's just create an example. If you're someone that lacks a lot of confidence and maybe you're quite shy, surround yourself with positive people and yeah. someone that maybe is a complete opposite mm-hmm. um, personality to you, someone that, like myself who's loud and energetic, that's going to help you to, to come out your shell and build your confidence. So I, I truly believe that who you surround yourself with um, and the people around you I've got to be positive for you and and that will rub off on you as well and that will help you again to, to build your confidence. Uh, the last thing I'm going to say on it and then Shane can say his piece is I'm going to use Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, 
if you were to ask him, you know, who who do you who do you think believes in you the most? I would say Chris Cristiano would say himself. Mm. Because you've got to be your biggest fan. Yeah. If you don't believe in yourself, then how are you gonna be able to persuade a coach or other players to believe in you, you know? Mm. And people say that Ronaldo's cocky and arrogant. I totally disagree. I just say that he's he backs himself and he's so confident in his ability that that's the reason why he is at the top. But he works hard for it. Hundred yeah, percent. I think everyone knows she works hard. Possibly the hardest training. Yeah, no one can go against that. But, so that's why you mm-hmm. can it's be, all it is. you're so confident because yeah. you know what you've been doing. You work hard, you have the confidence yourself. to back it up. Yeah. Absolutely. Preparation. But, but, but that, that's what I was going to say. It comes back to that, like, if you're thinking, talking about football-wise, if you feel like you've done everything properly, then that will, in, in itself, give you confidence going into the game. So if, you're, if you've done everything through the week, the, the night before, you've, you've done everything properly... Then you've got confidence already going in there. You know what I mean. Whereas if you've you haven't done much during the week, you've been mm-hmm. eating whatever, you just kind of tossed it off. You can't expect to turn up and and expect you to be at at a hundred percent. So I I just know as a player, preparation was everything. And the mm-hmm. oldest quote in the book is "Fail to prepare, prepared to fail," and that's like that that was something that when I was a kid, like we had a coach and he used to say that to us. But that that. that it has a bit of meaning as well, you know what I mean? Because yeah. if you don't, if you don't prepare properly, but then you can't expect yourself to be, to be there, at a hundred percent. But if you prepare properly, then at least you know that you know, you've done everything right, and you've given yourself a chance to to be at hundred percent. So Ali Macri, cheers for that one. I really hope that we answered your question there. Um, Shane, do you want to read out this next one? This next one is absolutely brilliant. It's from Bleon. Um, and he has put you want to do it Shane or no Carolina's giving me some looks I think that was Carolina's question <laughs> uh, wrong my question yeah. it's fine it's all good go on, go ahead, I'm used to it just go do it Carolina go go Carolina like this one as well I just, I just seen his eye burning in the back of my head <laughs> okay so what was the name Bleon his name is he's just at the top there oh yeah yeah play so question is play for a bad team but get good minutes or play for a good team and play less minutes? Wow. Such a hard question, man. Yeah, big question. Great question, Very by the way. Question. Very good. And, and that's from Instagram? Yeah, 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 that was on Instagram. I thought wow. it was a brilliant question. Can, can I go first? Go on, yeah. What's that? Head, head, right. head of podcast, can I go uh, first? Yeah, go on, Lee. Cheers, mate. Let you go once. What I'm going to do is I'm going to use a, a personal experience on that one. Um, when I was uh, 18... Um, I got let go by Wrexham, and uh, it wasn't wasn't great side. Great side. Uh, it wasn't a nice feeling. Uh, I got released. That's another story in itself. Got released, and then I went on trial to a, uh, a couple of clubs, um, and I was trialing around a couple of Welsh Premier League clubs. Now at the time, there was only one team in that Welsh Premier League that was full time professional. The rest were all semi professional. Um, so at the time, I went straight to the team that were training full-time. They were called the New Saints, TNS. They actually played against Liverpool in the Champions League. And I did really well there. And they said to me, Lee, we can sign you, but there's no guarantee that you're going to play. And back then, I was young. Uh, I didn't think things through properly. And I thought to myself, that's me sitting on a bench. I'm not going to be able to play. I'm not going to be able to prove to Wrexham that they made a bad decision to release me. I need to go somewhere else so I can play. 
So I actually went to a, a lesser team uh, to, to guarantee that I could play. But then I obviously wasn't around better players. Um, and looking back on that now, I believe that was a mistake that I made. At the time, I reckon what the manager was saying to me was, Lee, you need to just work hard to try and get into the team. Not, not It wasn't necessarily you're not going to play. It was like you just need to work hard to get into the team. But I didn't really see that as an opportunity. I wanted to just play to try and prove Wrexham wrong. And I went to a team. I ended up being captain of that team. But it was we were in a, we were in a dogfight down the bottom for relegation. Whereas that season, TNS actually won the league. And I thought to myself, I probably would have developed better as a player in TNS around better players um, than I and playing full time training full time than I would have done at at, uh, at the other team that I played for. So to answer the question, it's for me. It's all about where what part of career you're at at the minute. But I believe surrounding yourself with better players can only make you a better player. Um, but again, it's about what part of career you're at. It's quite a sticky situation. As an individual player, you have to have self-awareness in regards to your talent. So what I mean by that is, I think you find a lot of players that will do one of the two. They'll either think, oh, I'm not good enough, so I'm going to go find another team. Or maybe I think I'm too good, but I'm quite not ready for that challenge. So I think you have to be self-aware of where your talent is as a footballer and, think, and try and push yourself a little bit further than that. So for example, as yourself, being, you should have potentially thought, you know what, it may be hard at the start, but I have the talent and the potential to win a spot in this team. Um, but then you could potentially also do the opposite, where you choose to maybe reach a bit too high at that point in your career and it kind of backfires. So just having that self-awareness of, of where you are in your career and how good you are as a footballer at that point. Because your decision in that time in your career was purely made on payback to the other team. That it was, was made on emotion, yeah. Yeah, it was emotion based, and that's never, mm. you should never make any in. decisions on emotion. <laughs> I, I, I dived in. Sergio Ramos, two foot, dived in. <laughs> Shane, any, anything from you? Any personal experiences? Um, it's a difficult one, huh? Yeah, for me, I just think it just depends on where you are. If you're a kid, say if you're like a 12 year old kid, I think the main thing is you've got to be playing games, yeah. whether it's great point. Whether it's with Manchester United or it's with Railway Rovers or whoever it is, whatever, you know what I mean? As long as you're playing games. At, I don't know who that is, <laughs> by the way. Yeah, I just made that thing. <laughs> but as a, I'm just saying, as an example, you just need to be playing games. Yeah. Whereas the older you get and your career starts to, you have to start to make choices that could potentially send you one way or the other way, but then, then you're going to have to think about it a little bit more. But the younger you are, for me, the main thing is you need to be playing games, learning, yeah. Um, and then obviously the older you get, um, then you have to start to weigh up the obviously the positive and the negatives of the moves you make. And I feel I've always said it, um, professional footballers. There's not one professional footballer that will won't say to you that they've had some luck in their career, mm-hmm. and that's they've they've been at crossroads where they've gone one way, and if they would have took the other way, they probably wouldn't be where they are. And I know from having friends that are at the top level now, they'll tell you that there came a period where if they wouldn't have done that one thing, then they probably wouldn't be there. And oh. it's just very important, the higher, the higher you go up, you, you need to be making the right choices. I love, oh, that's, sorry Shane, that is so 
True. But 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 going back to your one, you you like, made a you made a decision based on playing games and showing what what yeah. what what you could could do. You know what I mean? And for me, that's that's a quite a common decision to make. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, hundred percent. And that's probably what also why I, I I made it at the time. But looking back on it now, that's that exact crossroad. That you're talking about. Yeah. I don't know where my life would be now if I'd have took that one. Yeah, but that's that's hindsight. You know, that's hindsight. You know, yeah. I I truly believe that was the biggest crossroad I had because. We're gonna say the same. What? Thing. We're not gonna. That's a great word. What? It's got the thesaurus. It's got the thesaurus out there. There's a couple of people, by the way, on the YouTube trying to spell that team as well that you named. Oh, what, Railway Ray, Ray Rovers? No, Ar, 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 That's where I live. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah. What was it? Arkla. 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 Anyway, um, great question. Uh, very good. Le- I think let's just sum that up. The younger you are, you should be playing as much as you can. When you get to that crossroads... Don't dive into a decision. Don't let it be emotion based. Make yeah, sure like I did. Think rational. And really think about. Really think about the outcome and what is the best decision for you. But um, I believe that playing minutes is never a bad thing. No, no, of course not. But also, fight trying to fight and to get your position in that team is also a good thing too because competition is healthy. There's one in here that's actually brilliant. Go on. From. Tom, Tom, sorry, Tom Owens, UK. Go on. It says, what is the process of designing and creating your drills? P.S. I've robbed all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. I love that. Did we answer this last week? No. Did I answer this? I'm sure I answered this somewhere. This yeah. question. Oh, no, I did it on a YouTube video. I put, yeah, sorry. I did it on a YouTube video, which I haven't published yet. That is a great question. Tom Owens? Yep. Tom Owens? Um, for me, really simple. Jules and Shane can can add to it if they like I watch football at the highest level and I watch uh, the best players at the highest level I study how they move um, how they how and where they take their first touch what part of the foot do they use um, their awareness what skills do they use what skills do they use in this certain situation and then I just try and be as creative as possible to replicate the best players in the world mm. um, because if you look at Messi, Ronaldo, Coutinho, Hazard, Neymar, the best players, why wouldn't we study how they play? You know, and then let's talk about defenders, you know, Van Dijk, Ramos, uh, holding midfielders, Busquets, depending on what position, you know, we keep everything position specific here. We just, well, I just, I study these players and, and, and then obviously I think about what that position, what, what duties and what roles come with that position and I plan sessions around that. And I try my best to be creative as possible so that it's interesting for the player as well. Shane? Yeah, um, just for drills and stuff, I think it's important that <clears throat> you've got to have some sort of... You've got to use your imagination as well. Um, like, even if you put two cones down on the, on the ground, you could probably do 100 drills with them cones. So yeah. I think you have to have the brain and that imagination that you're, you're thinking constantly about the, get, about the game, about the drill, about about how you can add to that and stuff. So if to answer that one, that's what I'd say, is just kind of use your imagination and see which one would work. Because sometimes drills don't work 
might be down to whatever, but sometimes they don't work as well as you yeah. thought. Yeah. And then it's kind of yeah, a bit of a trial and error as well. And then you, you'll obviously go with them. The, the drills that work the best for just you. on that we actually try and do our drills don't we yeah so we do coaches sessions and we try we used to we, we used to yeah Jules, <laughs> I'm retired from Jules has broke his foot spewing um, but we used to yeah. we still try when we get the chance uh, and sometimes we do the drills and we're like wow we didn't realise how hard that drill is yeah. and then we will go back and maybe tailor that to the ability that we're working with um, so and just, just one, I'm going to add a question in there, which I get on the YouTube a lot, is, oh, you know, you have all this fancy equipment. I, you don't need fancy equipment for you to run an amazing session. Just got it, like Shane said, you've got to use your imagination, but it's got to be specific to the game. Yeah, yeah, everything we do has to be specific to the game, you know. Otherwise, you're wasting your time. It's a good question. Should we do? do should we do one more? There's so many really good ones. Is there? Yeah? Give us a look. Go on then. Have a look. Let's do two have more. Let's see. We're gonna move two on. more. Choose, yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So we'll go we're one more. Yeah. Elaborating quite a lot on the question. We've yeah. Well, good question. Go on then. Um, I'll answer Rebecca Alamedine. Um, she says, should players ever have a complete rest period over a week or two in the off season? Good question. Well, you said that at the same time. Can you just repeat the question again for me, Shane? Should players ever have a complete rest period over a week or two in the off-season? So, pretty much, should players take a break when they get a break? Jules? Um, that's, that's a tough one, man. Like, I believe that um, younger players, unless maybe they're going through pain or you know the pain of growing up or mm. actual fatigue, I think... Younger players can just play throughout. What you might change is rather than once you finish the season, obviously a lot of your training is structured in team environment, you can just kind of have active rest where you just bump, kick the ball around with your mates or whatever it is. So you don't necessarily have to have a full week off or two, or two weeks off where you just do nothing. But I know for myself personally, um, now that I play semi-pro football, when I finish the season, I usually do like have a week or two of mm. football completely, man. Um, and and our season isn't long to be honest; it's maybe six yeah, months. I'm the same. But like I said, I think it's, it does have to do a little bit with age, and you just have to learn to listen to your body a little bit. But um, yeah, I like to have a week or two off when when I finish my season, man. Like as much as I'd love to go out and kick the ball around with with a couple of mates, I just want the body to recover from those constant football movements that we go through. Yeah. But in saying that, we can we're coaching anyway, so. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna add to that, Jules. If you're a young player, so I'm just again going back on my own experience. I was obsessed. I would yeah, I would never right. stop playing football. That's what I mean, yeah. But now that I'm older, so I think it's more of a how how old you are. What situation you're in? Yeah, what situ- again? It goes down to what situation. For me, as an older player who plays in the same boat as Jules, I look forward to having a, a you know a couple of yeah. weeks off. I don't think when you're fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, you're nah. a bit having. No way. Um, listen. You again, going from what Jules said, you've got to listen to your body though. So if you're in pain or carrying an injury, you need to have a week off and just listen to listen to your body, guys. You know, if you are struggling, you rest. But for me, as a kid, I would I would just absolutely love to train. I was obsessed with the game, and if I wasn't in pain, I'm out training. I was yeah, I was working. So, um, I hope hopefully that's answered the question. Shane, from you. No, I think there's a cover. I just think yeah. Like you just said, I think listen to your body is the most important thing. Yeah. A lot of chairs. Brilliant. Got to look after it. 
Alright guys, so I've just um, checked the Twitter questions because obviously last week we asked you to send in your questions. This will be the last one we'll do. Um, and I've just come across this one and I'll be honest, I don't normally ever respond to this nonsense but I feel like because <laughs> someone has created a fake Twitter profile and really gone out of their way to ask this right question... I'd let's indulge them. Let's give them <laughs> what they want. Yeah, let's give them what they want. Because I, I truly believe it's actually a good question for us to answer, even yeah. though we've probably covered a lot of it anyway in the podcast. Uh, so, this fake account has put, how do you respond to allegations... <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> allegations. Sorry. Starting wow. out good. Okay, okay. sorry. Yeah. How do you respond to allegations that your sessions are no longer player-specific? With you holding larger group sessions rather than the traditional one-on-one, which I gather is the premise of the business, the only answer I can procreate is an idea of increased financial benefit. Uh, wow. Uh, so yeah, like I said guys, I would never normally put my energy into this, uh, but I feel like it's actually a good question for us to... To respond to. Someone's gone really out of their way to create a fake account to get this question answered, so we might as well give them... Way too much time on hands. Yeah. Um, That's true. Let's answer it though, because you're right, it is... I'll, I'll actually answer it last, if that's okay, because yeah, sure. <laughs> I actually get a lot of inboxes every week. Uh, not that, not like this, but just they ask how, do you, you know, how did you start and... Any tips for me running a one-on-one business? And I'll answer that question at the end. So, uh, Jules, obviously, whoever has wrote this, he or she, could be anyone, don't have a clue, has obviously seen that, you know, we've started doing larger group sessions, two-on-ones, three-on-ones, four-on-ones. Let's talk about the benefits of that um, and let's compare it to a one-on-one and maybe let's talk about as to why we do that as well. So, Jules, do you want to start? Yeah, I'll start. Well, just touch. Obviously, when I started with you guys about two and a half years ago, and at the time, probably mostly one-on-ones is what I did. Um, and I think what people don't realize is that obviously you started the business as a one-on-one, but we have to always look to improve, and we always have to look about look sorry look for things that are going to improve the players, how we're going to challenge them further, and how we're going to improve ourselves as coaches. So I think. One of the things that we've developed in, in the two years that I've been part of the business is the fact that, yes, the one-on-ones are crucial and it's still something that we offer. I still do yeah. plenty of one-on-ones. Yeah, I do. I do absolutely loads. But also, after those one-on-ones, what, what else could we offer these clients to challenge them a bit further? And I feel like with two-on-ones, three-on-ones, even four-on-ones, you can, you can now take what you're potentially helping them out in the one-on-ones and they're going to apply in a more challenging environment. Um, and we always talk about the fact that, yes, it's position specific, but it also has to be specific to the game. And you can only challenge a player um, in terms of what they do in a game if you're in a team environment or in a, at least a small group environment where they actually have to make decisions based on where, where, are the, where are my teammates, where are my defenders, where's the space, where's the time. And that's one of the difficulties in one-on-one. Yeah. So I think that's one of the biggest reasons why we're now applying these um, small group sessions. and. We actually only do it when it's probably all three of us together. Yeah. Where it's actually four or five players getting coached by three players, uh, three coaches, which I think is also important. Mm. So I think it's just something that we found that is also very valuable to add to the business. 
but again, the core of it is benefiting the players. Absolutely. That's that's what it's all about yeah. for me. I think we do it to benefit the players, so we can look at them making decisions, real game decisions, and and then from that we can tailor it back to a one on one. So players probably go through one on ones, two on ones, three on ones, four on ones. They will experience that that mm -hmm. um different type of training. I just I think it's something that we've developed over time in our business that can really really benefit our players. That's my opinion. Cool. Like I said, I'll, I'll, I'll answer last because I've been doing this for five years. And Can I add my part on it? Because I know we didn't do too much of an intro on me, but I've done the business side of the business a lot. And I work a lot with the parents and I work a lot with the clients and I'm the one speaking day to day. And I remember when we first started adding more two-on-ones or three-on-ones, it's because the demand was insane. And we had so many clients wanting to work with us and so many clients that had either work or had school commitments. Therefore, the times were super limited to when we could fit them in. Yeah. And one thing that we've always been big about is not turning anyone down. So we never yeah. wanted to turn anyone down. So we try to work ways, how can we make this work? How can we have more than one client still work there without adding 40, 50 coaches that are maybe you know a little bit qualified, not that great, not what we're about, just to meet the demand. That's not what we wanted to do. We didn't want to reduce our quality of what we offered. So instead, you guys, as the amazing coaches that you are, developed these amazing two-on-ones, three-on-ones that were perfect and now they can meet the demand. I actually had a parent recently ask me in a camp like a few weeks ago, say to me that he wanted a one-on-one -on -one for his kid with Lee and I said, we can try, but it's really hard to get those time slots. There's so many people wanting to train with Lee. And he said, he actually said to me, you guys should charge more money charge more money and the people that can afford it will do the one-on-ones. And I literally turned around and I said, that's not what we're about. We don't do it for the money and I would never make it so that other people can't afford a one-on-one, -on -one, just so that the ones that could are able to get it. It's not what we do. If anything, the sessions that are two-on-ones and three-on-ones have been developed so they are more affordable and that more people can have access to them. So from a business side and a money side, because I know this person asked about the money side of it and is that the only motivation? That's never been our motivation, and if anything, it was the exact opposite. It's not what we're about. We could charge a lot more money and use our hours as one-on-ones, but it's not what we do. It's about getting each client in and making sure they're all trained with the best coaches. Perfect. Um, just to add to that, if someone inquires and they just solely want one-on-one -on -one training, then we, we, we provide we that. Absolutely. We, we, we try and cater for that. 100%. Um, you guys still do loads of one-on-ones. Well, we do, yeah, as yeah. the business manager, I know you guys do loads yeah. of one-on-ones. It's uh, not yeah. something you uh, don't do. I'm not sure what whoever this person is, I don't know what they're really talking about, to be honest. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. the, the larger group training is on a Friday, which 95% of them clients or players have done a one-on-one -on -one or a two-on-one during the week. So they've came in to do an extra session yeah. as a... An incentive to work with and uh, I think it would as be, more players, you know. If, if anything, it would be lazy of us to just do one on ones for five, six years. It means we're not really looking to develop, no, exactly. we're just stuck on the same no. thing. The, yeah, exactly. and, and the big thing I just want to say, I'm not going to say it too much, but as a coach, and I know you are backing up on this, I, we don't change what, what way we coach, whether 100%. it's a one on one, two on one, three on one, four on one, ten on one, 100%. fifty on one. It doesn't change. You're, you're still going to be coaching the same way, you know what I mean? And for me, I find even the smaller group sessions work, work a little bit better, especially with the younger players because they have have that little bit of competitiveness. They have a bit like they can see the other guy. He might be doing well, and then he might raise his levels. You know what I mean? So for me, I think it's it's kind of it's not really a balance. I kind of pop at us there because 
we as coaches we don't change from the way we coach whether it's one or it's ten you know what I mean and that's, yeah. that's we'll always stick to the way we coach so uh, my question to the guy behind the the uh, Twitter question he asked us is how do we look at players making decisions decision making let's be honest decision making is probably the most important part of football how are we as coaches, once we've done a couple of one-on-one sessions with these players, how are we supposed to look at them being able to make decisions? How are we supposed to look at them one-on-one defending? How are we supposed to look at them in a one-on-one attacking environment? One answer, we have to do two, three, four-on-ones. If we want to be able to see these players in real game live situations, a big, big part of the game is one-on-one defending and attacking. When you do a one-on-one, we're not going to jump in against a 10-year-old and start doing that. So when you do a one-on-one, the biggest benefit to one-on-one is you're solely working on technique. You know, you're looking at the player's technical attributes and you're looking at you know, how they respond to you in, in, in a one-on-one environment. You know? mm-hmm. um, I suppose you're giving them your full attention. But when we want to, like you said, further their development, we have to try and find players of that similar level similar ability in a group so we can actually see them one-on-one defending one-on-one attacking um drills where we introduce decision decision making you know where they've got to open out and make a decision because there's another player there um and for us as coaches i'm sure you're aware we actually see so much more of the players that way yeah like going back to what shane said we could have players that just look absolutely amazing in a one-on-one but then you chuck them into a team training or a group session, they don't look the same because they don't know how to react from a player that's maybe better than them. Mm. And that's a good way of us monitoring their development. you know. Um, and let's be honest, football's a team game. Mm. It, this is what I say to players, if you're just solely looking for one-on-one, we'll give you that. But we want, we want what's best for you. We want to be able to see you in one-on-one defending, attacking, making decisions, small-sided games, possession as well, so we can look at the way you make decisions. We will give you the tools in the one-on-one to develop you technically, to then go and use it in, in your team training or small group sessions that we run. Um, and obviously, we don't do it for a financial benefit. Um, like Carolina mentioned, you know that's never been the forefront for us. We, have, we actually have a lot of players that can't afford the one-on-one. So then we actually have the options of putting them in group sessions so they can afford it. Um, so and they're still getting the same quality of coaching. coaching. So that's, yeah. 100%. Um, but the last thing I want to say for me is I get a lot of emails, Instagram, YouTube, all the social platforms. Um, Lee, do you have any tips, you know, for starting up a one-on-one business or... You know, any this this is for anyone out there that's about to start a business. Um, people ask me, how have you got so far? You know, in the five years, obviously we discussed at the start. I just worked so hard and I loved it. But the biggest thing for me is I've just focused on me. I haven't looked at anyone else on how they're doing it or tried to copy anyone else and replicate what they're doing or to try and beat someone else or bring someone else down to make myself look good. I have just literally had my own vision, um, my own plans, I had a a strategy in place as to where I wanted to go, 
Jules has helped me to get to that. Shane, yourself, Carolina, Baz, Sean. I literally just focused on what on what I wanted to do, on what nothing on what anyone else wanted to do. Um, so the biggest thing for me is if you're starting up a one-on-one business right now, just have your own vision, uh, have your own way of thinking, um, obviously be inspired by other people. I was definitely at the start inspired by um, people at the start, people like Superior Striker who are now, he works with the England national team. Um, people like that inspired me, but then I obviously wanted to try and put my own spin on it and be myself. Um, and I truly believe that is there's enough there's enough room out there for everyone to succeed. There is. Yeah. There's so many players needing good coaches. There's so many players around there. And I think I always say to people as well when they contact us with that email asking what what's the secret? And it's literally just work hard, be the best you. Bringing other people down that are doing a good job or that are doing their own thing doesn't make you better at what you do. Mm. What makes you better at what you do is exactly what Lee said, is focusing on you, working really hard. That will always speak louder. If you're spending energy creating a fake Twitter account and doing all that kind of stuff, it's in the wrong place. Mm. Go focus on the right things. From a mental health perspective, I can give you a tip. You're putting your energy on the wrong thing and that's not going to give you fulfillment in your life. Go focus on the positivity. To add to that, just really, I know they jump in, Shane. I think, again, it's about the players, not the coaches. So, so if anything, like if if anything, if we get a situation where we can't coach a player because we're just so busy, we should be able to be like, oh, look, go see this other coach. He's just as good, and we're trying to create those relationships with a couple of people at the moment. Because at the end of the day, it's it's about giving as many players as possible the chance to train and improve and and better themselves. Not about saying, oh, nah. You have to come to me and don't go to that person or that person because they're not good enough. Yeah, there's enough room for everyone to succeed in this environment. Absolutely. Definitely. And that's all I focus on. I focus on us. That's it. Mm. I've always said though, and when if you're on the outside looking in, when you see someone that's successful or a business that's successful, like there's two options. You can be jealous or you can be motivated. And 100%. It's, you go either one or the way. And so many people... Go to jealous way, and they try and take swipes at you. They try and pull you down, and like Lee said, we're we're here to help players. We're not here for anything else. We're here to help players, and we love what we do. So, I I always said, but then people is just use that as motivation rather than try and drag someone down. You know what I mean? Because that gets you nowhere as well. Mm. Absolutely. So hopefully we uh, answered your question. Yeah. (laughs) Great question. Good question. Um. (laughs) Hit us back with your new Twitter account. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, have a, we'll have a new account next week, probably. Um, uh, last thing I want to mention, guys, uh, I think it's just been more of a question and answer yeah. podcast. Yeah, I think we can go on for that. Absolutely, that's all right. This is what we did. <laughs> this is what we did. Um, unfortunately, we've got some sad news. Jules cannot make Brisbane now. We're going to Brisbane in just over two and a half weeks. If you've got this far on the podcast, then you are a true fan. Um, myself and Shane now. Shane, oh, sub, Jules oh, really? out. Yeah. Shane, yeah. in. Oh, oh, I had the bag ready to go. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> bag was at the door. Shane was secretly so happy when I got tackled by him. Nah, yeah, nah, nah. Shane actually got that to happen. He spoke to him, going, tackle Jules so I can go to Brisbane. Uh, nah, yeah. I'm actually, I'm so, so gutted, but at the end of the day, let the, got a quality coach to come in. Sharon. And that's it, I'll, 
I'll manage the foot here in Sydney somehow. Yeah, <laughs> one leg. So guys, we're going to Brisbane in two and a half weeks. Myself and Shane, we're running a soccer camp alongside Soccer Genius. That's going to be run from our program, so our training methods our way. And we're also doing one-on-one -on -one sessions there, so... Or two-on-ones or three-on-ones, just to <laughs> keep yeah. happy. Sorry, yeah. Just to keep our uh, fake Twitter account happy, we also will be doing two and three-on-ones in uh, Brisbane as well. Uh, so please email us. Our details are on our website. If you're from Brisbane, get involved. And we've got a little mini-announcement that we're going to do on the podcast, uh, which we haven't announced on our social platforms, which I think would be a great way, is we are coming to... Melbourne, Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> kick on the lads uh, in the January school holiday deals because I know you've been doing yeah, yeah. research um, very close to Sakrina Field um, looking at I think it's the 24th and 25th of January yeah. the dates which are a Thursday and a Friday last week of the holidays gives us plenty of time to recover Plan. from the Brisbane camp and Plan keep on with the Melbourne one um, so yeah we're coming to Melbourne much we're buzzing solid. the whole team is coming by the way we're looking to get goalkeeping camp on as well uh, we get the Baz man on the camera, I think. Two, two days we're doing. Two days. Yeah. Ziggy. Elite camp. <laughs> Ziggy boy, you can't probably see him. Right? He's having a little sleep there. The, yeah. um, the real gaffer. So we're coming to Melbourne in the January school holidays of 2019, um, which is crazy. No information's on the website yet, but it will be soon. Keep an eye on our social platforms for the announcement on how you can book on that. But the three of us are going to be... We're not getting a flight. We're going to do a road trip up to Melbourne so we can take our equipment. Probably have Ziggy Boy in the back. And uh, we're really looking forward to that. Yeah, buzzing. When last time we went to Melbourne? Because you've been to Melbourne before. Been to Melbourne before, yeah. And it was, that was a huge success. Looking forward yeah. to smashing it even more. Right, guys. We're going to finish that podcast there. Shano, because you're head of podcast. Hop, hop, hop. Finish hop, it hop, hop. Oh, I just want to say finish thanks it. to um, our first guest. Oh, yeah. Carolina. Um, it was, it, it was yeah, it was brilliant having you on. Obviously, you're a massive part of of this, and and as we found out today, you were the reason why. You are the reason why we're sitting on these seats. I don't know. Sam called me the brains behind the business. Oh, relax. So long. All right, this is definitely the end of the podcast. But the and obviously just a shout out to everybody that's um subscribed and. Oh yeah. Like then yeah. give us some feedback, keep it coming and uh, thanks very much. Do you know what we've had nothing but positive feedback? It's, yeah, it's been, it's been really amazing. Good. Can't believe how many views we've actually had yeah, as well. It's, it's been it's been crazy. Head of podcast, I thought that was a great outro. Thanks for having me on guys. It's been Welcome. a pleasure. We'll get you back on. Definitely get you back on. I feel like we didn't really <laughs> You can come on the Christmas edition for the Christmas <laughs> special. We're having a big Christmas one. <laughs> Surely Santa has should, should do a Christmas party podcast. We could. Yeah. Let's do it. I just want actually I want to do a quick shout out to young Lucio. He said that he was, he, we coached him this morning, he said he's an avid listener. Yeah, what a young little baller. We're going to get a Luch on here as Luch, well. Yeah, I'm going to have to ask his mum for permission to take a day <laughs> off school. <laughs> get young Luch in here. As long as he brings the coffees. Yeah, Probably. coffees in Luch. But he's got a bit of banter to be fair, so he'll definitely he'll bring some fire. Love that. Uh, guys, thank you very much. That's episode three and we'll, we'll see you next, see you week. next week. guys. Bye. Yes, guys, make sure you follow us on all of our social media platforms at Jonah101Football Training. And don't forget to tune in to next week's podcast.